For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. Welcome to episode number 374 of This Old Marketing for May 5th, 20. 23. We are here live. Live, actually. Live. live. Well, not live for you because you're at home and you're listening to this on Friday. And we're not here, but we are actually live at the show at CEX, Joe's wonderful event. And with me, as always, my wonderful colleague, my friend, and a guy who isn't the Savannah Bananas, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. And we're going to go do a full roundup of what you and I just experienced today. Yeah. But Uh-oh. we have a very special guest Where's that's this? right behind you. Is she coming in? And we have to describe it because yeah. this is audio. So let's just set this up. And All right. For those listening, you, yeah. you've heard the beautiful... Dulcet. Dulcet. Dulcet tones. Voice yes. of Pamela Muldoon. That's right. Who has welcomed you to our show. Every single one of them. And nobody knows. Like That's right. Nobody has ever known this. And she's standing in front of us. She's gorgeous. She's right here. Yeah. And she has a beautiful voice to match. And we just thought that just for two seconds, if you just wanted to say, maybe maybe do an introduction or just say, we got to get into the mic though. I do. So yeah. Do. So, 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 you're, so she's coming in. She's sitting. I'm going to do a play-by-play. She's sitting on, this is getting, this is not good because she was HR sitting. HR has been called. Yeah, this is not, this is not going to be worth The whole banana thing is in my head. Okay, get right in there. Right. Get right oh, in there to the mic so okay. people know. Okay, so hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, Joe. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. So I think what the listeners want to know is why would you ever lend your voice <laughs> to a show about nothing, really? I mean, it's sort of marketing, but really not helpful to most people. Do you guys know that you have almost made me pseudo-famous with this intro? No joke. No, that's not true. I'm not even kidding. When people learn that I'm the intro... That's you? (laughs) So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. So sorry. No, I lend my voice. I lend my voice because I believe in what we do. Content is my life along with voice acting. So... So... Absolutely. I have no problem doing that. Well, we can't thank you enough for... No, so can you... Now, you don't have to do it verbatim because I know you don't listen on a regular basis, but maybe you can sort of recall the words that you said at some point back a decade ago. Oh, you have... You brought a script with you. because I am a content creator... Have transcribed and a professional. It. Oh, this is nice. So she's so just so you, ever, she's bringing out the iPad. From what I can tell, it's an older version. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's maybe the original version of it was before Steve Jobs was involved in the creation of the before iPad. Before he was dead. Basically. That's exactly right. It's almost That's like what a I meant to say. That's right. By the point, way, people yes. know that there's there's drinking involved right now. Yes. Uh, Robert is at least three wines in. Um, I have a wonderful <laughs> IPA. You have so an yes, IPA. I'm you. I'm drinking a Stella, which is which is quite delicious. Okay, uh, so make sure you get into the mic there okay. so people can hear you. And okay. and and what do you have to say, Pamela? All right, here we go, guys. And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. Recording live from the Huntington Convention Center in beautiful downtown Cleveland, this old marketing. Take it away, boys. Oh, we don't deserve you. It's the... 
That it's is, the last. Yeah. It's the last one that we might get dinged a little bit on Apple Podcasts just for the way she said that. No, no, no. That's all. You're fine. not. You think so? You well. You're obviously. I. I mean, it's I. All I good. really want to describe what's going on right now. <laughs> okay, Pamela's off her knees now, so everything is okay. <laughs> but I'm just describing it. This is a family show. I'm it's sorry. We blushing work. This is good. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. So thank you so much. HR you're, has been called. You're so wonderful. Have a great show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we are we are recording at the Evergreen Podcast. Thanks to Evergreen studio. for this. Oh, this yeah. is great. This is yeah. really like professional stuff. We're actually being video recorded, so maybe they picked up some of that wonderful action there from. Uh, I feel from like Pamela. I'm at the NFL draft right now. It's, I do. It, 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 I do. In the in the seventh round. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady <laughs> for the win. Um, so first of all, it's wonderful to see you in person. It's great to see you. It's we we rarely do this where I can actually see your face, and yeah, it's it's actually nice. It's, I, it is I was, nice. I'm surprised at how nice it is. It is yeah, because most of the time I don't. We don't want right. to see. You know, we've no. got notes and things, and That's nobody. Right. And it's early for you because you get up super early. I do to do the show because you're very nice and you're you know you say it's all about me which generally it is it is yeah. but that's what it's okay yeah. but that's you know what you know your lane I, which I do is, I do know my swim lanes you yes absolutely I, do I absolutely do <laughs> and speaking of which I won't mention anything about the fact that I am merely a session player the last speaker on the second day which is really the gutter ball of session spots that I got for this wonderful event but you know a wonderful first day we've had. There's a, we, couple, a, there's a couple ways day. you could look at that slot. I you could. could look at it that, that, that Joe doesn't love you. And why would he put you in that spot at the end of the day, last session of, of Creator Economy Expo? Or you could say, we want people to stay. And we know that Robert is one of those wonderful talents, amazing talents that people want to stay to see. And so that's why we're going to put him at the end. I'm going to go with the first. I'm going to go with the first one. I probably would as well, but I wanted to make the case. There you go. For, for both of them. The case Uh, has been made. So I want to understand what you loved about today. It was a brilliant first day. It was an absolutely brilliant first day. The open, your opening keynote was fantastic. You introduced the new research. You talked about all of the wonderful things that are happening in, the, and, and by the way, distinguished the content entrepreneur economy with the creator economy, which I absolutely adored. Some amazing first day. You had all the J's. Um, all the in, J's. In the speaking. Yeah. And so what was your favorite part of the day? What's your major takeaway from the day? What are the headlines? Well, I think that we released our uh, content entrepreneur research and that, that was my whole keynote. So thank you for setting that up. And a couple tidbits that I thought was interesting and I wanted to get your take was just the fact that the average content entrepreneur has just 4,000 followers, subscribers, whatever. We had them self-report and say, what is your total audience? And that's amazing if you think about it. Some of these creators, content entrepreneurs are doing really well and they don't have a large audience. So we wanted to put that out there and say, hey, there's a lot of myths out there. You don't need a large audience for this to be successful. But you know, I started off the whole thing by saying people become content entrepreneurs not necessarily to make a lot of money. They're doing it because they want to live a better life. They want to create something meaningful. And so it really is about living better than necessarily, hey, I'm, I want to make the big bucks, do Mr. Beast, whatever the case is. So I don't know if you had a take on some of the research that, that hit you. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think the major takeaway for me, one of, the, one of the attendees actually came up to me and said, this is a much more serious audience. And they meant that in the best way. It's a serious audience rather than what you might expect from 
people who want to be influencers, right? Who want to be on TikTok or they want to be on, you know, Instagram or whatever, and they want to be famous for being famous, right? And I think truly what you're seeing here are people who, yeah, being famous is fine, but it's really about how do I build a business? How do I build, how do I, and how do I build the chapter two of my life, right? Because these are all people who have had a chapter one in some form or another. And that's what makes it so interesting, I think, is that what we're seeing here is an audience as well as what we see in the research of people who are truly focused in on how do I build a foundation for my life? How do I build something that's really meaningful for my life? Of course, I need to make money, but it's really about I want to do something more important. I want to do something meaningful. I want to do something that makes me enriched. And so it changes the equation of the content, right? Because it's not just about being viral and it's not just about being famous and it's not just about being outrageous or, you know, doing something silly in order to get attention. It's rather how do I build and acquire an audience, which includes intention, of course, but it's about building that foundation for something that's better in the future. And, and what we heard over and over again from the, the, we had all general session today was that focus on one platform at a time. Yep. You don't have to do all the things. Uh, boy, how many times did we hear about like be differentiated? And that's what you're talking about tomorrow. Like, how do you differentiate yourself in a sea of change, which I think is your, or see, a sea of uh, sameness. Yeah. Sameness, thank yep. you. So that's your topic. And that seems to be what all the successful content entrepreneurs are saying. Look, you, you, you need to stand above and beyond and different and whatever it is and lean into that. And yeah. if your content is for everybody, it's for nobody. That's right. And, that, and we heard that over and over from the three, you know, three J's. It was, it was Jay Klaus and Jay Akunzo and Jay Bear. It's just so crazy. All yeah. before lunch today yeah. was something. It's just almost to like talk it about, was planned or something. Almost yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it was almost, I, I, I did sort of, uh, there was a bet whether I could get all three J's in before we had lunch. And, and, I, and I did that. So, yeah. and of course, uh, I'm very serious about my, my betting. So it's, very important. <laughs> it's very important it's to me. Very important. I have to win. Yes. I don't care. I don't care what it takes. Yeah. So so that was interesting. I mean, was there any... No, we, we just came from the closing keynote, which was Jesse Cole, the founder Amazing. of the Savannah Bananas. Amazing. He basically went through his fans' first book, and I think that's required reading for any content creator in any business. And he goes through his, I think, five E's yep. of the whole thing. But um, there, I mean... What's interesting, to, and you you talk about this all the time in your presentations, like what business are you in? So yeah. you were probably loving this when he said, we're not in the baseball business, we're in the entertainment business. And he looks at himself more as Walt Disney than uh, a baseball owner. His, the thing I love so much about his presentation, and it was absolutely brilliant, was in so many respects, when we look at somebody like him, where... You can look at it and go, I get it, right? I get why that's successful because the flexibility or the bandwidth maybe is even the better word to be able to be outrageous and silly and fun and to go completely orthogonal to the normal, right? To not be your normal, but to literally be almost the Harlem Globetrotters of you know baseball, right? Where yep. you're putting on a show and it's all a show you go, okay, that's easy, right? It's easy to be able to look in hindsight and go why that was successful. It's much more difficult for content creators who are in noisy spaces. And this is really the talk that I'm going to be giving tomorrow, which is 
yeah, if you're in financial services or if you're in coaching about law or if you're in real estate or if you're in marketing, right? There's a not a lot that hasn't been said. And it's not like you can go completely orthogonal and go, hey, I'm going to call marketing the peach practice, right? You know, yeah. and start doing something completely weird and funny. And we, you know, because it's got to be, you've got to build trust. You've got to build authority. You've got to build. And how do you differentiate there? Yeah. You know, it's the classic, you know, Marcus Sheridan used to talk about all this all the time, which was that, you know, you ask, they, or, you know, they ask, you answer, Correct. right? Which is fantastic as long as you're answering about something that hasn't been actually asked before. And that, so when you're talking about the Savannah Bananas or something like that, it's easier, not easy, but it's easier to be the weird, silly, fun one rather than when you're the 15th entrant into a particular market that's already seen everything, right? Yeah. And so that, how do you differentiate there? And, I, and what I love so much about what Jesse talked about with the five E's was, it is really understanding your business. It is understanding how do I reduce friction. And it is understanding how do I create that different experience, which is everything he talked about. And I, I, I loved it for that, for that foundational, because the foundational elements are true for everybody. Yep. You know, how you do that then becomes a little bit different if you're in an industry or a topic area that is a little more commoditized. It's funny because we were talking right before he was trying to get a feel for who the audience is. When he did, did his homework, it was pretty impressive. And he was really like, what's the friction? Because maybe a lot of people don't know this, but he was like, okay, what's the friction to buying a ticket to a baseball game? And he's like, well, I, I, it's the ticket price and then the convenience fee and then the tax. And yep. then I got to buy all the extra food and the drink and whatever. And he said, well, let's take all that out of there. It's all 25 bucks for right. every, to every ticket is 25 bucks and everything's included. Well, that helps. And so it, it's funny if you're a content creator and, and you're, you have a product or a service, it's important to think, all right, why aren't people buying this? Or what will make it easier for them to buy something? Or what if somebody easier to subscribe to something or listen to our podcast sure. or whatever? And to think about this, I don't think we think about it enough. I think we get too much into the process of got to do the thing, got to create the thing, got to put, got to put it on social media. And we don't think, uh, okay, let's let's really rethink this. Maybe there's a better way to do what we're doing. Well, it's there's an interesting corollary, not to bring it back to me, but let me bring it back no, to I me. I think we should. We should bring it back you to don't me get for a an, second. You don't get enough attention. I really don't. That's really the issue here. But what you're talking about is this natural, we have this natural tendency as marketers, as communicators, as content creators, to run right for the container, right? We think, ah, we need a blog post. We need yep. an event. We need... Uh, some sort of experience. And now we go, great, okay, now that's the experience. Now what content do we put into it? Instead of really, so what we do is we work the container. Like we really work the container. Yeah. But we rarely work the idea, right? We, so we have this amazing idea, this amazing story we want to tell, and we rarely work that. Where we spend all our time working and molding and changing is the experience. The, you know, the blog post or the white paper or the ebook. And we put all our energy into that. And then when it doesn't work, we go, oh, well, yeah. that was hard. Well, let's start over again. And instead, if we start thinking about the idea, and what I loved about what he did and what he talked about was starting with that idea gives you the flexibility to go, let's have nine ideas. 
Yeah. And let's not worry about the packaging right way. Well, you know, that's, he, he's like, when he showed that film clip of the guy running out in the dress and literally in the middle of the, he's running out into the outfield with a, a dress kind of halfway on and yep. there's music and got 25 million hits. He wasn't worried about how that was going to look. He just had, there was an idea. Let's see let's how it goes. It. Let's, let's just, run with it. Right. Let's just and most it. organizations wouldn't do that. Exactly. Yeah. So and he did and that. so it's that level of experimentation, which is one of his five E's, of course. And it's that level of willingness to take what is an idea, not worry about the packaging, not worry about the, the container for the moment, and let it be. Let it just be. And then figure it out. Like if it needs yep. to be polished or if it needs to be changed or if it needs to be you know, altered in some way. The, I don't know if this hits you. What hit me, and so this is right before Jesse goes on, and I was just going through all the sessions that I just listened to. I could dictate and be pretty spot on with everyone's particular mission statement and what they stand for all the way through all the speakers. Like if you listen to Jay, sure. it's like, yeah. oh, Jay was like, oh, well, I want the, uh, I need tequila education for the casual tequila drinker. Right. There's none out there. Right. I, we did, the, you know, did the analysis. Let's look at that. Uh, Daphne Gomez, which with her teaching, she's like, oh, well, there's all these teachers out there that want to get in other professions. That's right. There's nothing out there to help them make that transition. So it's almost like we're. I think a lot of the people that are here, they're doing really great work, but they don't ask the additional question to say, take one more step. Let's ask another yep. question. Yeah. What's the real problem? Maybe a, ni a more niche portion of that audience really has the need or there's the opportunity instead of just, as I always say, well, let's just write some content on cloud computing right. and, and be one of the other 15,000 companies that do that. As, I, as I'll say in my talk tomorrow, it's all, it's all about finding the tension. It's about finding your butt. <laughs> Which we're gonna Which let. Which butt are we let, talking about yeah, here? I'm just gonna let that lie. Yeah. Now that we've already gotten HR involved in in so many different things, but so can yeah. you imagine if we had an HR department? Oh, we it, would be off. We would have been there. canceled we long been, ago. Yeah, it, we would have. It was been. it was bad. Yeah. It would be bad. It would be not good. <laughs> it, yeah, as in bad. Yeah. yeah. So, but but there we go. But, yeah, All right. Exactly. Yeah. So, anything else that uh, in in today's activities that really stuck stuck out for you? What I really loved about today. And, and I know for a fact that you do this on purpose is the way that it was programmed was how many, how many of these content creators found their way after finding the thing? In other words, no. they didn't, they didn't there, there wasn't, so many times we get wrapped up in the case study of, well, they, they did the market research, they found out there was a gap in the market, then they filled that gap in the market by determining whether it was they're going to need. They looked at their audience personas and then they said, this is the gap in the market. And then they planned. These are people who were passionate about what they wanted to do, saw a gap that didn't fit their needs at the time, and then went, let's just do it. Yeah. Just, and, and just started, right? And then they went, oh crap, I don't know anything about marketing. And so they went back and started learning about, you know, how many times, I mean, we heard it in at least two of the talks where it was like, oh, when this started to become a thing, I had to go learn about SEO and I had to go learn about marketing and I had to go hire somebody, an agency who would help me promote this thing because it was kind of becoming a thing. And I love that so much because we get so wrapped up in the analysis paralysis of trying to do it the right way, do it the formulaic way, do it the checklist way about what you're supposed to do. When a lot of that, honestly, is always done in hindsight. Mm -hmm. It's always done with sort of like, oh, now that we've actually tested and thrown a bunch of stuff against the wall that worked, 
Now we got to go figure out how to make it a business. And that's okay, right? That's, a, that's okay. I think that it almost makes the case for the, the test or the pilot project. If you, then, so sure. let's, let's talk yeah, about exactly. the businesses you work with, right? Right. You almost, if you're going to do this and take the risks, you just remove it from marketing just for the time being and put it over and, and don't judge it in any way. It's basically just, I'm doing an experiment and I want to see what happens. There's, no, there's very few organizations that will do that. And I think that's what's necessary in a lot of cases. Now, if you can keep it part of marketing, great. I'd love to see that. But you and I know a lot of CMOs that won't stand for it. Like, what's it doing? Why are we doing it? When's it going to lead to revenue? Well, some of these things take 9, 12, 18 months until you figure out what's going on because, as Jesse was just talking about, it's about long-term customer relationships, not the short-term profit. Most of the content that's created in organizations is about getting the short-term profit. Sure. And that doesn't work. And this is the difference between setting objectives and setting measurement goals. Because where companies fall down on this is, yes, we want to do this thing. We, you know, we should do this thing. Yeah. Why? Because we have an objective of, and now let's, now let's get to real objectives. Creating a better customer experience. Um, creating better loyalty with our, with our c- current customers. Creating revenue, as was with seven. <laughs> I mean, he had a very big objective, which sure. was actually make this a thing, yep. right? Make this a revenue generating thing because we're broke, right? So setting objectives is different than saying, well, we need 10% more leads. That's... That's, you know, that's literally just a metric toward an objective. And so what businesses get so caught up in is like, why do you want to do that blog? Or why do you want to do that content platform? And they go, well, we want 10% more leads. No, that's not an objective. That's a metric toward an objective. What's the real objective? Because what we want to do is set an objective and then go do it. And if it doesn't even begin to start to do that, now we can say it was a failure. And so that's literally giving an experiment a chance, right? Giving something a chance to work where it otherwise might not. Well, and also, if you look at Jay Bears, you look at Jay Klaus, uh, you look at Daphne Gomez, you look at all the, Alexis Grant, you look at all the content that they initially put out. What they're doing right now is drastically different than what they did when they started. Of course, 100%. Yeah, right? So if you don't put it out there, you're not going to learn, you're not going to get the feedback, and it's never going to work for you. I mean, I remember when you and I were, because I wanted to write my novel, yeah. and you and you were helping me with that and whatever, and I think you gave me a piece of advice, like, hey, here, here's what I would do, here's my thought, because I, sure. and then you said, but you just have to do it. Right. Like, you just have to go out and see what comes out, what, what the pros on the page, does it work for you, does it feel right, do it consistently, and like trip over yourself a little bit. Exactly. And that was great advice because it took me four or six weeks until I <laughs> thought that there was anything of right. I'm like, I have, I have so much written content that's horrible that nobody would ever want to see. Yeah. But it, that, the, the end result of the will to die would not have been possible if I didn't go through that journey to get there. Well, exactly so, right. So but that's exactly what that right. would be. But yeah, but a lot of big organizations. So, so content entrepreneurs... At least the one we're trying to prepare them for. There's an 18-month roadmap, a runway where it's going to take you to get to a point where you can probably support yourself probably longer than that. So you have to set yourself up to know that it's you, you're practicing for six to nine to 12 months to just figure out if this is your thing. And that's the same. It might take longer in a larger organization because you don't have that experimental leeway. Right. Well, that's the other thing that struck me was. The research shows that 18-month time frame, right? 
but every one of the speakers talked about years. Yes. Right? And, and so, you know, with, with your example of Mr. Beast, years. Years. Right? Jay's, Jay's been working on this for years, right? The, all of these other uh, content creators that came on today talked about starting in 2016, 2015, 20, you know, and, um, and I'm forgetting her name, so forgive me, but, but it's, uh, she talked about the travel. Uh, Nora, Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn yeah. was talking about the travel. 2006. Right. Starting. Yeah. And then going through failure, then success, then failure. And then it was really the pandemic that sort of lofted that sort of goal up to everything. And it was, and it was crazy, the amount of success. And, but it was only at that point she went, oh, okay, I'm burned out. <laughs> and yeah. I need to refresh this that's again. Right. And that's what's where there's an opportunity for smaller businesses because when you, most organizations won't Not give a leeway of exactly. a year and a half or two years. That's right. So that's where, you, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, there are some flashes in the pan like a J-Bear, tequila J-Bear that just he found a niche that just worked, and in 12 yep. months, he's just rocking and rolling. He hit yep. on all cylinders. But most, almost all the other cases are two, three, four plus years. Yeah. And now they're now they're living their dreams. Now they're doing all the things, but it has taken some time. So yeah. patience is the most important thing. So where, I don't know, what are we doing? Or what the hell are what we are doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Why do we do this show? I don't know. I think that we should do a show about why, why we, do we do this, this show. show. And who actually listens? It's what's funny is we're at Creator Economy Expo. We there's there's a good number of people that listen to us, and I had to go around and apologize to each one. It's very very tough. Yeah, to do that, it took yeah. a lot of work. You apologize for yourself, yes. Well, just for me, not okay. for you. Okay, good. Because you're fine. Yeah, but but they know they yeah. they know that you sort of are. You know, you let me you, you let me go, I'm, uh, and you I have my way, <laughs> and you're very nice about. You know, letting me be me Aww. at the expense of the show. That's really nice. That's really nice. That's really <laughs> so nice. full of whatever. So yes. anyways, I think this is good for this show. Is there any... So this was general session day. Tomorrow we've got yeah. all the breakouts and then we're yeah. done. Uh, very successful Creator Economy Expo, except for the weather in Cleveland. I probably... I shouldn't be doing... A any kind of event in Cleveland in May because it's too unpredictable. Uh, it's it's just silly. Well, I think that's climate change. I mean, it used to not be that way. I mean, it used to be that you could have an event in May and it would be warm and sunny and it would be... We, we, our, our, our seasons have shifted absolutely. just just a little bit. If we had it in November, it probably would be 75 We're getting degrees. rain right now in Southern California. I mean, it's so nuts. absolutely crazy. Well, I mean, we're not complaining about it, but, you know, hello, climate change. I mean, yeah. Do we, do we have, like, uh, I know this is not a normal show, and we don't normally, but do we have rants and raves? Do we do anything like that? Are we just going to Do you have any rants? Do you, ha- do you have any show? rants and raves? Do you have? Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll give you my rant. Uh, okay. And I talked about it in my opening keynote. All right, uh, let's Because hear it. I ranted about the, the media's coverage of the creator economy and the way that they, present in some other events, which, you know, you can look them up, but there's other events that are out there that they put on a creator economy show and it's VCs and software companies and big influencers and agencies. And it's very little about the creator and mostly about all the other uh, picks and shovels and whatever that, sure. that yeah. go around that. By the way, nothing wrong. There's an audience for that. And obviously they get they get that audience. But, the, but every time you see a, oh, there's 207 million creators and look at all the software that's around. Right. And then if you look at the definition of the creator economy, it's, oh, also know that it's the influencer economy. I don't like that. And then, 
What runs the what runs the creator economy? YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all and that. So they immediately conflate all of that revenue to YouTube and Instagram yeah. and stuff with the creator economy, yeah. and that's how you get your stupid half a trillion exactly. dollar. Exactly. Well, that was a gold, yeah. Number. Goldman yeah. Sachs came out and right. said it's a half a trillion dollar is the market cap or whatever the value by 2027, and I'm like. Why even put out a stat like that? And what are you using to do that? And I, I, I guess why I get frustrated is rarely do they bring up the, the person, the individual that's making all this happen. Yeah. The content entrepreneur, the content creator. And I want more focus on that. All the other things we can cover. You know what? They get plenty of coverage. <laughs> what I want to know about are, are, are these, these content creators that are the small businesses that are, yep. that are running this entire economy. And yeah, there will be software. There will be VCs that help some of them. But most of them are bootstrapping their business. They, we saw from the research, it takes about $10,000 in startup costs to do a content entrepreneurial business. They spend a couple thousand dollars a year in software, but they are trying to build an audience, monetize that audience, and then diversify revenue in as many ways as possible. So nothing wrong with that. I don't expect any of that to change, but I wanted the audience to see that, yes, when we say creator economy, sure, all that stuff's important. Yeah. YouTube's important, Meta's important, but it's not the thing that's making it all happen. It's the actual content creator, the person using those services. And let's talk about them for a change. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have an event. Yeah. 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 There should be an event. <laughs> Just talk. So that's why. Anyways, <laughs> I talked about that in my opening. It's a great opening. Yeah. Well, and then I said, I said, okay, so what makes the creator economy go? And I said, it's this thing that we call the content entrepreneur. And what is that? So I go through that whole thing. But yeah, so I was a little bit frustrated this morning. It's, it was a great, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a more clear and clarified segmentation of the different kinds of content creators than I saw in your presentation today. And I mean that. It was, you had sort of the, the content entrepreneur, which is your target audience. Yeah. Then you talked about the influencers. And then you talked about sort of the YouTuber sort of Make, entertainment. Makers, you know, yeah. Maker, and then the maker yeah, creator, the, like yeah, artists and musicians exactly. and yes. And segmenting that off to people who want to build a business off of this is what you're talking about here. It's interesting. Well, what I went through too, and I think it's important, content entrepreneurs, content creators can absolutely be influencers. But if you just looked at influencers, when I see that, they don't need a specialized process of content creation and distribution to make a living. Right. An influencer makes it off of something else, celebrity, popularity in something, sure. weirdness, Maybe like you and I are weird in some things. Maybe we could be an influencer in podcasts that mean nothing to anybody. Whatever that might be, but that's <laughs> our thing. And right. we hold that. We might be influencers <laughs> in that. So so I wanted to put that out there because there's so many, I mean, I've talked to a lot of sponsors that say, oh yeah, yeah, do you have influencers as your audience? And I say, no. I say, no, we're, we're content entrepreneurs. They're, they're creators that have an expertise in something. Yeah. Expert creators. So it's anyways. a Venn diagram. It's a Venn diagram. Yeah. There's overlap, but but but... The core of that is what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, and we found this in content marketing when you and I started 15 years ago, there's just a lot more education and proper usage of terms that I think is important. Sure. Words matter, right? You would say I've that. Heard, I've heard. Wouldn't you say words matter? I've heard that. I think so. I've yeah. heard that. So I, I think, so anyways, do, so that was my rant. Okay. Do you, do you have a rant or a I don't have a anything? rant in particular um, to this um, other than uh, I actually published today. It, pub it actually came out today um, and it actually was covered at some significance here at CEX and 
Uh, by the way, Anne Hanley, with the sexy puns and the whole thing in the beginning, I felt a little like, hey, I'm, I'm getting... Baby's getting put in a corner here. I, I wanted to make all that stuff, but Anne Hanley gets to make it. I, it's a little... Well, Anne Hanley gets to do whatever she wants. That's true. That's a good point. And you've, known, an point. And you've known this for years, yes, and you a, continue a, to complain about it. And an I said point. that you live in Anne Hanley's world. It's and a great that's, point. And no, that's, that's a great And point. I do, too. Yeah, that's a great And point. I do. We that's all just we all live around Anne with Anne yes. Planet. Yeah. That's Planet. Planet Anne. Planet Anne. Planet Anne. Planet Anne. Anna Banana. All right. There you go. But it was talked about at some length during many of the presentations today, and I actually talked about it, which was this whole idea of uh, ChatGPT and as a threat to content creators. And, and a blog post that I actually published just today um, speaks to that idea. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit tomorrow in, in, in my talk as well, which is this misguided notion that AI or ChatGPT, specifically generative AI, is a replacement for us as content mm -hmm. creators, and why I think that's a misguided notion, um, and all of that. And I and I won't go into detail here, but but it's but it, you know you can, they can go read the sure. post or something. But um, the idea, I think, that I heard today, the through line of what I heard today, which was I guess is a rave more than anything else, is that. It's here to help us evolve or enhance what we're doing, rather. And everything that I've heard, and and by the way, had some amazing dinner conversations last night, some over cocktails conversations about ChatGPT and AI. None of them had anything to do with content creation. All of the cool stuff. In fact, the best line, and I'm totally stealing this line that I've heard, is content creation is actually the least interesting thing that ChatGPT does. It's all about how it analyzes, summarizes, sure. and yeah. actually looks at stuff. So that's, like, I don't know that's, what this is, rant or rave, but, but it's, that's interesting. That's, it's a really interesting insight for me. Well, Anne Hanley, in her opening keynote, she talked about looking at AI as an intern, and Brian Fanzo called it a mentor. Yeah. So no, nothing about actually creating I like content. it as an assistant better than a mentor, but, but yeah. But yeah, they, it, they, were, yeah. they were getting at the same thing. They're so getting at the same thing, that it's derivative and that you can use it to assist you to do things faster and better and, and yeah. in, a, in a more creative way. And I think everyone said that if AI, if ChatGPT takes your job as a writer, you had bigger problems. That's right. Your job should have been taken yeah, a while like, ago. That's what, exactly well, right. what took what took it so long yeah. to get there? Whatever, whatever another you human should it. have taken your job. Is yeah. basically it. like we yeah. were talking about. I think we talked about last episodes. Like if you go and you create, you don't want to be the one creating the ten blog posts and nothing else a month for a client or a day, whatever the case is. You want to be the one to say when not to. That's create, right. The strategy part of it. Which That's is right. And critical. as Anne said. If your job, if your passion, if your love, if you're true, and this is a great way for us to end, if, as we started, which is talking about that these content creators want to create a more meaningful life, a meaningful business, a meaningful part of the way that they exist, why would you? Like, yeah. why would you want AI to create that for you? That it isn't part of the joy of being a content creator to actually create. Yes. And so... If AI can help that, that's great, but that's the that's the entire point. That's right. Well, and then one of the, the core uh, benefits or reasons why you become a content entrepreneur is because you want to create something meaningful. Well, if yeah. you're if you are not creating anything anymore, right. then you're not you're in a different business. That's it. You're doing something else entirely. Exactly. Yeah, you're in the tire business sort of. Exactly. All right. So where business. where where what's next? What do you got? I mean, 
You're going to be falling asleep, I, I assume, by the end of Thursday when this is all done. Um, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to a couple weeks of nothing major well, because you haven't been on vacation or been on any kind of trip in the I, last, you know, in, in any. I mean, you're you're so vacation deprived, Joe. I, I sense some sarcasm. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's just, it's just you know. Tr- yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it is um, what it is. I think the big news is, and, and you've been through this before, maybe you can uh, tell me a little bit of your wisdom. I, right. I'm turning 50 next week. Ah, that's right. Uh, that which is, is probably right. why I'm doing half the things I'm doing and, and why I ran the marathon and all, the, and all yeah. the other things. Do you have some advice? Since since you're, you've you been past that day for, for a long time. Uh, for a while. It's now, been, yes. yeah. Indeed. So you, you've had many years, many, many it's, it's cycles, years. many cycles around yes. the earth uh, with, with your birthday. Um, what, what advice would you give to me hitting the big 5-0? Do you have any, any wisdom? Here's what I would say is, if you're anything like me, 50 was no big deal. 50 was fun. Hitting 50, hitting the 5-0 was a celebration. You used a great analogy, actually, last week in talking about the marathon, watching your foot go over the line. To me, that's what 50 is. 51 is the hard one. Really? Yes. So I'm... I'm I'm 49 and I'm freaking out a little bit. And my, I don't think I am, but my wife does. She thinks I'm 50 is out. lovely. 50, hitting oh, the 5 so, is, is was, for me, oh. it was a celebration. We had a big birthday. Of course, it's a big number. It's a zero yeah. number. So you have a big celebration. You do a thing. And it was amazing. 51 sucked. <laughs> 51 sucked. I can't tell you that this is uplifting to me. I, I, I think that you, ha- you could have had better advice. So basically, I, I have to look forward to... Yeah, my the yeah, hard time. The in horrible a year. advice. I uh, the, my horrible my, advice. My horrible advice is actually go enjoy your fiftieth birthday. Yeah, yeah, I, that's I, my horrible exactly, advice for you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So yeah. um, I, so yeah, so it's been a pleasure. Uh, we we should we should do more face to face. We should. We, it'd be, we should it'd, not do it in the middle of a showroom no, floor. No, probably though. not. Yeah. I mean, all of our friends are, are sitting around. No, they're drinking. not paying attention. They're, they're not paying attention. Well, they sort of are. I no. mean, they're doing. They're no, doing, they're doing selfies. Yeah, and we're doing, we're, in, yeah. we're sort of in pictures right, right now, yeah. which is fine. But I think this is being video recorded, so we'll we'll see what we do. Nobody with needs those. to see that. Nobody needs to see it. Nobody. Needs no, to but see we'll that. put it in the vault. Right. We'll put it as an we'll, extra for for our core listeners. Here's if they want to give us a dollar. Here's what we do. We put the video. But we put the audio of the NFL draft over the top of it. Oh my God! That's you know. That's absolutely the way it should be. There it is. Yeah. What year? We have to figure out what year it should be. It shouldn't be this year. It should be the year Brady yeah. was was uh, was drafted. You and your eighty for yeah, Brady. Eighty for Brady. Yeah. yeah All right. Absolutely. All, All right. right. It's been a pleasure. We're out. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, if this has been noisy, we're apologizing for that in advance. And it's a been a wonderful show. Thank you for joining us. And again, as always, as we always do next week, we'll have the show notes. There are no show notes this week because we're just being We'll put the idiots. research in the show notes. We will put the research in the yeah. show notes. But you can always subscribe to our wonderful newsletters. Of course, Joe's uh, wonderful newsletter and my little experience advisors of community and get over to thisoldmarketing.site. In the meantime, we will see you next week. And remember, in the meantime, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on This Old Marketing.